Okay, so welcome everyone. We're starting on chapter seven. Robin, you want to introduce introduce it? Uh, yeah, I am just starting on chapter seven, page one eighty six, the six recollections. And Aurora, could you start us off? Oh, for for our new people, um, we generally just go right down the list alphabetically and read. If you don't have a microphone set up or something, if you just mute yourself, that way you know we'll know to skip over you. Now, 10 recollections were listed next after the 10 kinds of foulness. As to these, mindfulness itself is recollection because it arises again and again. Or alternatively, the mindfulness that is proper for a clansman gone forth out of faith, since it occurs only in those instances where it should occur, is recollection. The recollection arisen inspired by the enlightened one is the recollection of the Buddha. This is a term for mindfulness with the enlightened one's special qualities as its object. The recollection of reason inspired by the law is the recollection of the Dhamma. This is a term for mindfulness with the special qualities of the laws being well proclaimed, etc. as its object. The recollection of reason inspired by the community is the recollection of the Sangha. This is the term for mindfulness with the community's special qualities of being entered, on the good way, etc., as its object. The recollection arisen inspired by virtue is the recollection of virtue. This is a term for mindfulness with the special qualities of virtue's untornness, etc., as its object. The recollection arisen inspired by generosity is the recollection of generosity. This is a term for mindfulness with generosity's special qualities of free generosity, etc., as its object. The recollection arisen inspired by deities is the recollection of deities. This is a term for mindfulness with the special qualities of one's own faith, etc., as its object with deities standing as witnesses. The recollection arisen inspired by death is the recollection of death. This is a term for mindfulness with the termination of life faculty as its object. Mindfulness occupied with the body body gone mindfulness, it is gone to the material body that is analyzed into head hairs, etc., or it is gone into the body, thus it is body gone. It is body gone and it is mindfulness, thus it is body gone mindfulness. But instead of shortening thus in the usual way, body gone mindfulness is said. This is a term for mindfulness that has as its object the sign of the body parts consisting of head hairs and the rest. The mindfulness arisen inspired by breathing is mindfulness of breathing. This is a term for mindfulness that has as its object the sign of in-breaths and out-breaths. The recollection arisen inspired by peace is the recollection of peace. This is a term that has as its object the stilling of all suffering. Now, a meditator with absolute confidence who wants to develop firstly the recollection of the enlightened one among these ten should go into solitary, solitary retreat in a favourable abode and recollect the special qualities of the enlightened one, the blessed one, as follows. That blessed one is such since he, since he is accomplished, fully enlightened, endowed with clear vision and virtuous conduct, sublime, the knower of worlds, the incomparable leader of men to be tamed, 
the teacher of gods and men, enlightened and blessed. Here's the way he recollects. That blessed one is such since he is accomplished. He is such since he is fully enlightened. He is such since he is blessed. He is so for these several reasons is what is meant. So this um, this is describing a series of chants, really, that meditators will do. They'll recite this to themselves. The first one is just the standard Dipiso, Bhagavad, Rahangasama, and so on. But this one in number three is a bit different, and they do use it. Itipiso, uh, Bhagavad, Itipiso, Bhagavad. It keeps repeating Itipiso. He is such. And there are there are several that they use. Buddha, Buddha, Vataso, Bhagavad. They have Arahang, Arahang, Vataso, Bhagavad. There's many of them. And the whole point of them is to focus on the Buddha. So they have these actual chants that you do, and that you under, if you understand what the meaning is, it helps you focus on the Buddha and his qualities. Thank you, Bhante. Kevin, are you able, able to read? Do you have a mic and all? Yeah, I can read. Okay, great. Thank you. Could you read four? Herein, what he recollects firstly is that the Blessed One is accomplished for the following reasons. Because of remoteness and because of his enemies and the spokes having been destroyed and because of his worthiness of requisites, etc., and because of absence of secret evil doing. He stands utterly remote and far away from all defilements because he has expunged all trace of defilements by means of the path. Because of such remoteness, Arka, he is accomplished, Arhanta. A man remote, Arka, indeed we call from something he has not at all. The savior too, that has no stain, may well the name accomplished, Arahanta gain. And these enemies, these defilements are destroyed by the path. Because the enemies are thus destroyed, he is accomplished. He is accomplished also. The enemies that were deployed, greed and the rest, have been destroyed. By his, the helper's wisdom soared, so he is accomplished, all accord. Now this wheel of round of rebirths, with its hub made of ignorance and of craving for becoming, with its spokes consisting of formations of merit and rest, with its rim of aging and death, with which is joined to the chariot of uh, the triple, becoming by piercing it with the axle made of the origins of cankers, has been revolving throughout time has no beginning throughout time that has no beginning all of these wheel spokes are were destroyed Hatha, by him at the place of enlightenment as he stood firm with the feet of energy on the ground of virtue 
wielding the ha- wielding the hands of faith and acts of knowledge that destroys karma because the folks are thus destroys destroyed he is accomplished arhant also or alternatively it is the beginningless run of rebirth that is called the wheel of the run of the of rebirth ignorance is its hub because it is its root aging and death is its rim because it terminates it the remaining 10 states of the dependent origination are its spoke because ignorance is their root and aging and death near t- termination here in ignorance is unknowing about suffering and the rest an ignorance in sensual becoming is a condition for formations in sensual becoming ignorance in fine material becoming is a condition for formations in fine material becoming ignorance in immaterial becoming is a condition for formations in immaterial becoming formations in sensual becoming are a condition for rebirth linking consciousness in sensual becoming and similarly with the rest rebirth linking consciousness in sensual becoming is a condition for mentality mentality materiality in sensual becoming similarly in fine material becoming in immaterial becoming it is a condition for mentality only mentality materiality in sensual becoming is a condition for the sixfold base in sensual becoming mentality materiality in fine material becoming is a condition for three bases in fine material becoming mentality in immaterial becoming is a condition for one base in immaterial becoming the sixfold base in sensual becoming is a condition for six kinds of contact in sensual becoming three bases in fine material becoming are conditions for three kinds of contact in fine material becoming the mind base alone in immaterial becoming is a condition for one kind of contact in immaterial becoming the six kinds of contact in sensual becoming are conditions for six kinds of feeling in sensual becoming three kinds of contact in fine material becoming are conditions for three kinds of feeling there too one kind of contact in immaterial becoming is a condition for one kind of feeling there too the six kinds of feeling in sensual becoming are conditions for the six groups of craving in sensual becoming three in the fine material becoming are for three there too one kind of feeling in the immaterial becoming is a condition for one group of craving in the Im- immaterial becoming the craving in the several kinds of becoming is a condition for the clinging there clinging etc are the respective conditions for becoming and the rest 
in what way here someone thinks i shall enjoy sense desires and with sense desire clinging as condition he misconducts himself and himself in body speech and mind owing to the fulfillment of his misconduct he reappears in a state of loss dep- deprivation the karma that is the cause of his reappearance there is karma process becoming the aggregates generated by the karma are rebirth process becoming the generating of the aggregates is birth their maturing is aging their dissolution is death and other things i shall enjoy the delights of heaven and in the parallel manner he conducts himself well owing to the fulfillment of his good conduct he he reappears in a sensual sphere heaven the karma that is the cause of his reappearance there is karma process becoming and the rest as before another thinks i shall enjoy the delights of the brahma world and with sense desire clinging as condition he develops loving kindness compassion gladness and equanimity owing to the fulfillment of the meditative development he is born in the brahma world the karma that is the cause of his rebirth there is karma process becoming and the rest is as before yet another thinks i shall enjoy the delights of immaterial becoming and with the same condition he develops the attainments beginning with the base consisting of boundless space owing to the fulfillment of the development he is reborn in one of these states the karma that is the cause of his rebirth there is karma process becoming the aggregates generated by the karma are rebirth process becoming the generating of the aggregate is birth their maturing is aging their dissolution is death the remaining kinds of clinging are constructible in the same way so understanding of discernment of conditions thus ignorance is a cause formations are causally arisen and both these states are causally arisen is knowledge of the causal relationship of states understanding of discernment of conditions thus in the past and in the future ignorance is a cause formations are causally arisen and both these states are causally arisen is knowledge of the causal relationship of states and all the clauses should be given in detail in this way herein ignorance and formations are one summarization consciousness mentality materiality the sixfold base contact and feeling are another craving clinging and becoming are another and birth and aging and death are another here the first summarization is past the two middle ones are present and birth and aging and death are future when ignorance and formations are mentioned uh then tates become dispassionate towards them when his greed faded away when he was liberated then he destroyed quite destroyed abolished the spokes of this wheel of the rounds of rebirth 
of the kind just described. Now the Blessed One knew, saw, understood, and penetrated in all aspects this dependent origination with its four summarizations, its three times, its twenty aspects, and its three links. Knowledge is in the sense of that being known, and understanding is in the sense of the act of understanding. Hence it was said, understanding of discernment of conditions is knowledge of the causal relationship of states. Thus, when the Blessed One, by correctly knowing these states with knowledge of relations of states, became dispassionate towards them, when his greed faded away, when he was liberated, then he destroyed, quite destroyed, abolished the spokes of this wheel of the round of rebirths of the kind just described. Because the spokes are thus destroyed, he is accomplished, Arahanta, also. The spokes, Ara, of rebirth's will have been destroyed, Hatha, with wisdom's weapon keen by him, the helper of the world, and so accomplished, Arahanta, he is called. And he is worthy, Arahati, of the requisites of robes, etc., and of the distinction of being accorded homage, because it is he who is most worthy of offerings. For when a perfect one has arisen, important deities and human beings pay homage to none else. For Brahma Samapati paid homage to the perfect one with a jeweled garland as big as Senaru, and other deities did according to their means, as well as human beings as Kim as King Bimbasara of Madaga and the King of Kosala. And after the Blessed One had finally attained Nibbana, King Asaka renounced wealth to the amount of 96 million for his sake and founded 84,000 monasteries throughout all of Jam Jambudipa, India. And so with all these, what need to speak of others? Because of worthiness of requisites, he is accomplished. Arahanta also. So he is worthy, the helper of the world, of homage paid with requisites, the word, accomplished, arahata, has this meaning, meaning in the world. Hence the victor is worthy of that word. And he does not act like those fools in the world who want their cleverness and yet do evil, but in secret for fear of getting a bad name. Because of absence of secret, Rahabhava, evil doing, he is accomplished, Arahanta also. No secret evil deed may claim an author so august. Uh, the name accomplished, Arahanta is deservedly by absence of secrecy, Rahabhava. So in all ways, Tina, are you up? Uh, uh, Sangha, you haven't finished that.
the uh, last part no secret evil did you uh, uh did you hear that because i did say that oh, you maybe did? you didn't hear that oh i lost connection for oh, okay. three seconds i don't know <laughs> okay so in always the sage of remoteness unalloyed vanquished defiling false deployed the spoke of reverse will destroyed worthy of requisite employed secret evil he does avoid for this five reason he may claim the word accomplished for his name he is fully enlightened samma sambuddha because he has discovered all things rightly by himself in fact all things were discovered by him rightly by himself in that he discovered of the things to be directly known that they must be directly known that is learning about the four noble truths of the things that and things to be fully understood that they must be fully understood that is penetration of suffering of the things to be abandoned that they must be abandoned that is penetration of the origin of suffering of the things to be realized that they must be realized that is penetration of the cessation of suffering and of the things to be, to be developed that they must be developed that is penetration of the path hence it is said what must be directly known is directly known what has to be developed has been developed what has to be abandoned has been abandoned and that brahman is why i am enlightened besides he has discovered all things rightly by himself step by step thus the eye is the truth of suffering the prior craving that originates it by being its root cause is the truth of origin the non-occurrence of both of the truth of cessation the way that is the act of understanding cessation is the truth of the path and so too in the case of the ear the nose the tongue the body and the mind and the following thing should be construed in the same way the six bases beginning with visible objects the six groups of consciousness beginning with eye consciousness the six kinds of contact beginning with eye contact the six kinds of feeling beginning with the eye contact born the six kinds of perception beginning with perception of visible objects the six kinds of volition beginning with volition about visible objects the six kind the six groups of craving beginning with craving for visible objects the six kinds of applied thought beginning with applied thought about visible objects the six kinds of sustained thought beginning with sustained thought about visible objects the five aggregates beginning with the aggregate of matter the ten the ten kasinas the ten recollections the ten perceptions beginning with perception of the bloated the 32 aspects of the body beginning with head hairs the 12 bases the 18 elements the nine kinds of becoming beginning with sensual becoming 
the four jhanas beginning with the first, the four measureless states beginning with the development of loving-kindness, the four immaterial attainments, the factors of the factors of the dependent origination in reverse order beginning with aging and death and in forward order beginning with ignorance. Herein, this is the construction of a single clause of the dependent origination. Aging and death is the truth of suffering. Birth is the truth of origin. The escape from both is the truth of cessation. The way that is the act of understanding cessation is the truth of the path. In this way, he has discovered, progressively discovered, completely discovered all states rightly and by himself step by step. Hence, it was said above, he is fully enlightened because he has discovered all things rightly and by himself. He is endowed with clear vision and virtuous conduct. Resolution of Compound Herein, as to clear vision, there are three kinds of clear vision and eight kinds of clear vision. The three kinds should be understood as stated in the Bahabhavera Sutta, and the eight kinds as stated as in the Ambatta Sutta, for their eight kinds of clear vision are stated, made up of the six kinds of direct knowledge, together with insight, and the supernormal power of the mind-made body. Virtuous conduct should be understood as 15 things, that is to say, restrained by virtue, guarding of the sense faculties, knowledge of the right amount in eating, devotion to wakefulness, the seven good states, and the four jhanas of the fine material sphere. For it is precisely by means of these fifteen things that a noble disciple conducts himself that he goes towards the deathless. That is why it is called virtuous conduct, according as it is said here, Mahanama, a noble disciple has virtue, etc., the whole of which should be understood as given in the middle 50 of the Majjima Nikaya. Now the Blessed One is endowed with these kinds of clear vision and with this conduct as well. Hence he is called endowed with clear vision and virtuous conduct. Herein the Blessed One's possession of clear vision consists in the fulfillment of omniscience, while his possession of conduct consists in the fulfillment of great compassion. He knows through omniscience what is good and harmful for all beings, and through compassion he warns them of harm and exhorts them to do good. That is how he is possessed of clear vision and conduct, which is why his disciples have entered upon the good way instead of entering upon the bad way as the self-mortifying disciples of those who are not possessed of clear vision and conduct have done. He is called, he is called sublime, Sugata, because of, the, of a manner of going that is good, Sobhanagamana, because of being gone to an excellent place, Sundara, Sundaram, Sundaram Tanam Gattata, 
gatata gatata because of having gone rightly samma samma gatata and uh, because of uh, enunciating rightly samma gaddat samma gaddatta a manner a manner of uh, going gamana is called gon gata and that is in the blessed one is good sobana purified blameless but what is that it is the noble path for by means of the that manner of going he has gone without attachment in the direction of safety thus he is sublime sugata because of of a manner of going that is good and it is to the excellent sundara place that he has gone gata to the deathless nibbana thus he is sublime sugata also because of uh, having gone to an excellent place and he has rightly gone without going back again to the defilements abandoned by each path for this is said he does not again turn return go back to the defilements abandoned by the stream entry path thus he is sublime he does not again turn return go back to the defilements abandoned by the arahat path thus he is sublime old commentary or alternatively he has rightly gone from the time of making his resolution at the feet of dipangara up till the enlightenment session by working for the welfare and happiness of the whole world through the fulfillment of the 30 professions and through follow, following the right way without without deviating towards either of the two extremes that is to say towards eternalism or annihilationism towards indulgence in sense pleasure or self-mortification thus he is sublime also because of having gone rightly and he enunciates rightly he speaks only fitting speech in the fitting place thus he is sublime also because of enunciating rightly here is a sutta that confirms this such speech as the perfect one knows to be untrue and incorrect conducive to harm and displeasing and unwelcome to others that he does not speak and such speech as the perfect one knows to be true and correct but conducive to harm and displeasing and unwelcome to others that he does not speak 
and such speak as the plus as the perfect one knows to be true and correct conducive to good but displeasing and unwelcome to others that speech the perfect one knows the time to expound such speech as the perfect one knows to be untrue and un incorrect and conducive to harm but pleasing and welcome to others that he does not speak and such speech as the perfect one knows to be true and correct but conducive to harm though pleasing and welcome to others that he does not speak and such speech as the perfect one knows to be true and correct conducive to good and pleasing and welcome to others that speech the perfect one knows the time to expound thus he is sublime also because of enunciating rightly He is the knower of the worlds because he has known the world in all ways. For the Blessed One has experienced, known and penetrated the world in all ways to its individual essence, its arising, its cessation, and the means to its cessation, according as it is said. Friend, that there is a world's end where one neither is born nor ages nor dies nor passes away nor reappears which is to be known or seen or reached by travel, that I do not say. Yet I do not say that there is ending of suffering without reaching the world's end. Rather, it is in this fathom-long carcass, with its perceptions and its consciousness, that I make known the world, the arising of the world, the cessation of the world, and the way leading to the cessation of the world. It is utterly impossible to reach by travel the world's end, but there is no escape from pain until the world's end has been reached. It is a sage, a knower of the worlds, who gets the world's end, and it is he whose life divine is lived out to its term, is at peace, who the world's end has known, and hopes for neither this world nor the next. Moreover, there are three worlds, the world of formations, the world of beings, and the world of location. Herein, in the passage, one world, all beings subsist by nutriment. The world of formations is to be understood. In the passage, the world is eternal, or the world is not eternal. It is the world of beings. In the passage, as far as moon and sun do circulate, shining and lighting up the four directions, over a thousand times as great a world, your power holds unquestionable sway. It is the world of location. The Blessed One has known that in all ways too. Likewise, because of the words, one world, all beings subsist by nutriment, two worlds, mentality and materiality, three worlds, three kinds of feeling, four worlds, four kinds of nutriment, five worlds, five aggregates as objects of clinging, six worlds, six internal bases, seven worlds, seven stations of consciousness, eight worlds, eight worldly states, nine worlds, nine abodes of beings, ten worlds, ten bases, twelve worlds, twelve bases, eighteen worlds, eighteen elements, this world of formations was known to him in all ways. But he knows all beings' habits, knows their inherent tendencies, 
knows their temperaments, knows their bents, knows them as the little dust on their eyes, and with much dust on their eyes, with keen faculties and with dull faculties, with good behavior and with bad behavior, easy to teach and hard to teach, incapable capable and incapable of achievement. Therefore, this world of beings was known to him in all ways. And as the world of being, so also the world of location. For accordingly, this world measures as follows. One world sphere is 1200,000 leagues and 3450 leagues in breadth and width. In circumference, however, the measure of it all around is 6 and 300,000 and then 10,000 in addition, 400 to less half a hundred. Herein, two times a hundred thousand leagues, and then four Nahutas as well, 240,000. This earth, this bearer of all wealth, has that much thickness as they tell. And its support, four times a hundred thousand leagues, and then eight Nahutas as well, 480,000. The water resting on the air has that much thickness as they tell. And the support of that, nine ten times a hundred thousand goes, the air out in the firmament, and sixty thousand more besides, nine hundred sixty thousand. So this much is the world's extent. Such is its extent, and these features are to be found in it. Sineru, tallest of all mountains, plunges down into the sea full four and eight thousand leagues, and towers up in like degrees seven concentric mountain rings surrounding Sineru in such in such wise that that each of uh, them in depth uh, and height is half its predecessor size. Vast ranges called uh, Yugandara, uh, Isandara, Karavika. Uh, Sudasana, Namindara, Vinataka, Asan, Asakana, Heavenly Breeze, Heavenly Breeze Fan, their cliff uh, agleam with gems, and here reside the four kings of cardinal points and other gods and uh, spirits beside. Himalayas lofty mountain mass rises in height. 500 leagues and in its in its width and in its breadth it covers quite 3000 leagues and then it is uh, bedecked besides with 4 and 80000 peaks the jambu tree called nagalands the name by its magnificence to jambu deepas land its trunk thrice five leagues in circumference, soars fifty leagues, and bears all round branches of equal amplitude, so that a hundred leagues define diameter and altitude. The world sphere mountains line of summits plunged 
plunged down into the sea just two and eighty thousand leagues, and towers up in like degree. In ringing one word, element, all round in its entirety, and the size of jam, jambu, rose apple tree. Is the same as that of the Chitrapadaliya tree of the Asura diamonds, the Simbali tree of the Garula diamonds. The Kadam Kadamba tree in the western continent of Apara Goyana, the Gaba tree in the northern continent of the Uttarakuras, the series. Sirisa tree in the eastern continent of Pubawideha and the Barichadaga tree in the heaven of the deity of the thirty-three Tawa. Tawadimsa, hence the ancient said, the Padali, Simbali, the Jambu, the deity, Parichadaka, the Gadamba, the Kappa tree. And the Sirisa as the seventh. Herein, the moon's disk is forty-nine leagues across, and the sun's disk is fifty leagues. The realm of Tavatingsa, the thirty-three gods, is ten thousand leagues. Likewise, the realm of the Asura demons, the great Avicii hell. And Jambudipa, India. Aparagoyana is seven thousand leagues. Likewise, Pubavideha. Uttarakuru is eight thousand leagues. And herein, each great continent is surrounded by five hundred small islands, and the whole of that constitutes a single world sphere, a single world element. Between this and the adjacent world spheres are the Lokantarika hells. So the world spheres are infinite in number; the world elements are infinite, and the Blessed One has experienced, known, and penetrated them with the infinite knowledge of the of the enlightened ones. Seems like they've gotten some stuff mixed up in in passing this on because not all of this is true. The moon is definitely not almost as big as the sun. Bunte, are these 
part of the still part of the forty objects of meditation? He's talking about the words uh, knower of worlds. How the how, what does it mean to say the Buddha knows the world? It's funny because these people who wrote this obviously seem to have a little bit of problem understanding the world, at least as far as we understand it today. I mean, you could argue as to whether we truly understand it as it is or not, but it's hard to argue that all of this is correct. So is this part, this is part of the, uh, like a, it would be a meditation subject? I'm, I'm just a little bit lost as to the context of all this. Context is Buddha Nusati, mindfulness of the Buddha. So at the end of each of these, he says, the blessed one is one who knows all of this. Okay, thank you. Therefore, this world of location was known to him in all ways too. So he is knower of worlds because he has seen the world in all ways. In the absence of anyone more distinguished for special qualities than himself, there is no one to compare with him. Thus, he is incomparable. For in this way, he surpasses the whole world in the special quality of virtue, and also in the special qualities of concentration, understanding, deliverance, and knowledge and vision of deliverance. In the special quality of virtue, he is without equal. He is the equal only of those other enlightened ones without equal. He is without like, without double, without counterpart. In the special quality of knowledge and vision of deliverance, he is without counterpart, according as it is said, I do not see in the world with its deities, its maras and its brahmas, in this generation with its ascetics and brahmans, with its princes and men, anyone more perfect in virtue than myself, with the rest in detail and likewise in the, in the Agapasada Sutta and so on, and in the stanza's beginning, I have no teacher and my like does not exist in all the world, all of which should be taken in detail. He guides men to be tamed, thus he is leader of men to be tamed, Parasadamasarati. He tames, he disciplines, is what is meant. Herein, animal males and human males, and non-human males that are not tamed but fit to be tamed, Dhammatum Yuta, are men to be tamed, Parisadama. For the animal males, namely the royal Naga serpent, Apalala, Kuladhara, Mahodhara, Agisaka, Dumasika, the royal Naga, Arawala, the elephant, Danapalaka, and so on, were tamed by the Blessed One, freed from the poison of defilement and established in the refuges and the precepts of virtue, and also the human males, namely Sakaka, the Nagathans, son, the Brahma students, Ambata, Pokarasati, 
Sonandan, Kutadanta, and so on. And also the non-human males, namely the spirits Alabaka, Suchiloma, and Karaloma, Saka, ruler of gods, and so forth, were tamed and disciplined by various disciplinary means. And the following sutta should be given in full here. I discipline men to be tamed, sometimes gently, Kasi, and I discipline them sometimes roughly, and I discipline them sometimes gently and roughly. Then the Blessed One, moreover, further tames those already tamed, doing so by announcing the first jhana, etc., respectively to those whose virtue is purified, and so forth, and also the way to the higher path to stream enterers, and so on. Or, alternatively, the words, incomparable leader of men to be tamed, can be taken together as one clause. For the Blessed One so guides men to be tamed, that in a single session they may go in the eight directions, by the eight liberations, without hesitation. Thus he is called the incomparable leader of men to be tamed. And the following sutta passage should be given in full here. Guided by the elephant tamer, because the elephant to be tamed goes in one direction. It's a bit misleading the passage, the previous passage, um, which uses the word males, right? The word male, for, any word for male isn't used except the word purisa is repeated. But I think that's, it's a red herring to think that he's actually, the, the, even the, the, the writer of this text isn't meaning this is only referring to men. I mean, obviously that's not the case, but um, it just sounds a little bit but, uh, sexist, right? But it's actually, the text is not, it's just using the word purisa because the word was used in the original. And purisa does mean man, it, it's a male thing, but it's used in many contexts to just mean person. It's like how, you know, our, the Western Western society or modern society is, has its roots in sexism as well. We talk about um, firemen and policemen, no? and it's just taken time to switch the pronouns over. So it is a sexist thing to call everyone purisa, but or to refer to everyone as being purisa. But uh, it doesn't, the, the, the doctrine is, has nothing to do with specifying men's. Anyway, men, anyway, just thought I'd mention it. Bhante, can it mean uh, personality, uh, taming the personality? Can what mean that? Purisa Dhammasarati, taming. Purisa means man. Okay. I guess for men, we can just think of it as short for human. Yeah, we've got. And it's just a word, but it is a bit, I mean, the, it's it's come from the fact that these societies have been traditionally dominated by men. I think. I mean, even, I the, word, even the word woman is just like uh, extra afterthought. I'm just still stuck back on, on an earlier passage from number 46 where, I mean, you, you would have to be the Buddha with absolutely no conceit at all. To, to be able to say, you know, I do not see in the world with its deities, its Maras and Brahmas in this generation, 
so on and so forth, anyone more perfect in virtue than myself. I mean, that's an amazing thing to be able to say and, and get away with it. Actually, I think uh, that uh, statement uh, he probably made when he attained enlightenment and uh, looked for a teacher and he couldn't find a teacher and then he placed the Dhamma as the teacher because there were no one to be qualified as or no one even equal to him. Oh, okay. That's what that's tied in with? Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, I'm just guessing. I mean, uh, if he didn't say that uh, nobody else could have uh, known that, right? I mean, we wouldn't know that. Uh, uh, maybe we will be guessing maybe there are other beings who are greater than him because uh, only he can know whether there are other beings who are greater than him. If he didn't say that, we wouldn't uh, consider him as the Buddha who is unequal. No, no, it's definitely good that he said it. It's just, it's just amazing that someone, you know, can, can say that. And it's just, you would have to be able to say that with no conceit at all. Yeah, I guess sometimes uh, we are uh, worrying about whether other people will uh, think that you are egoistic. Is also coming from ego, I think. I think you're right. Okay, why don't we stop there then and come back for Polly after five minutes. Sounds good. Thank you, Bhante. So you can see this is, um, this is a, a taste of how detailed and how impressive these texts can be by just going, taking one word and, go, and running with it and using it to tell a whole lot, really. So everything that we read in this chapter, that's all under the, just the, the uh, contemplation of the Buddha, and that would be one of the contemplation objects of the 40? Yes. Yeah, and we're, uh -huh. not, we're not done with the Buddha yet. Okay, thank you. Okay, so thanks for coming, everyone. See you for Pali in five minutes. <laughs>